All praises are due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Lord of the worlds, and peace and salutation be upon our Huzuri Pak sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. As I mentioned yesterday, my dear respected elders and brothers, that Alhamdulillah, with the tawfiq almighty Allah and the efforts of the Al-Faruq Institute, we find that this is the sixth annual Sahaba Jalsas that are taking place around the world. And may Allah reward them tremendously for the effort uh, that they have put in because the logistics in organizing such a program we know is not, is not a small thing and they do this only and solely to keep intact the image of our noble Sahaba the Sahaba, the illustrious companions of Rasulullah who are an integral link in the chain from Rasulullah to us whether it is the hadith of Rasulullah his sayings that have been transmitted from generation to generation in the most pristine condition or when we look at the qiraat that was recited the various types of qiraat that were, that were now transmitted from generation to generation with tawatur in such a way that there can be no question of its authenticity these are the Sahaba Ikram who went to great lengths to preserve this deen so that we can benefit from this deen in the most pristine way. So these Jalsas have been organized in this regard, as I mentioned yesterday as well, that in six continents, over 22 countries, thousands of programs have been arranged for this week and all to mention and highlight to us the maqam and the status of the Sahaba Ikram, the companions of Rasulullah May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instill within us the love for the Sahaba Ikram. May Allah ta'ala enlighten us tonight inshallah as well as through the rest of our lives and appreciate what sacrifices and how much of khidmat was made by his companions of Rasulullah sallallahu in order to propagate this deen and in order to preserve this deen. Today alhamdulillah we also have a guest here who hails from Lilongwe in Malawi and Alhamdulillah, when he spoke to our Muslim now before Namaz, Muslim, mashallah, it was eat for him. Because he heard, you know, somebody was speaking in his language and he was very happy about this also, Alhamdulillah. So in Lilongwe, which I visited also, mashallah, many, uh, you know, madrasas and all of that, uh, daily work is continuing. One of our friends who lives in, uh, just outside of um, Blantyre, he took us around, he's also running a blind, uh, you know, a madrasa for the blind day as well. So great works taking place there. Morana um, Hamza, who is a graduate of Darulun Azadwal, and is currently studying and doing his ifta uh, in Azadwal at the moment also. Alhamdulillah has taken out the time to come and address us tonight. May Allah Ta'ala reward him for that. May Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala grant him barakah in his ilm as well. And uh, may Allah Ta'ala take him from strength to strength and use him as a means of hidayat in his country and throughout the world as well, inshallah. We now call upon our honorable guest, inshallah, to come and address us.
الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله صلوات الله وسلامه عليه وعلى اله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم انما المؤمنون اخوه فاصلحوا بين اخويكم واتقوا الله لعلكم ترحمون وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إن ابني هذا سيد ولعل الله أن يصلح به بين فئتين من المسلمين عظيمتين أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته السجد من أمائي الكرام حفاظ الأمرب البرادس الله سبحانه وتعالى with his kind mercy has gathered us today so that we can talk about the grandson, the beloved of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Every Muslim, every ummati of Janabi Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam who has a connection and a relation with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam who has an affiliation with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam will want to learn more about the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam about the acquaintances of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the family of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and his companions radiyallahu ta'ala anhum ajma'in Hazrat Abu Bakr radiyallahu ta'ala anhum narrates an incident he says لَقَدْ رَغَيْتُ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ عَلَى الْبِنْبَرِ وَمَعَهُ الْحَسَنِ وَهُوَ يُقَبِلُ عَلَى النَّاسِ مَرَّةً وَعَلَيْهِ مَرَّةً He said on occasion I saw Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam seated on the minbar and together with him was Hazrat Hassan radiallahu ta'ala an. He at times was looking at the congregation who was in front of him and at times he was really staring and looking at his beloved grandchild Hazrat Hassan radiallahu ta'ala an. And as he was talking he pointed out and he said a timeless statement, a prophecy that was brought alive a few years after the death of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. What did Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say? Inna ibni hadha sayyidun. Indeed this child of mine, meaning his grandchild, Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala an, is a great leader. Or in the future tense, he's going to be a great leader. He's going to be a master. He's going to be a king. Why is he going to be a king? لَعَلَّ اللَّهَ أَنْ يُسْلِحَ بِهِ بَيْنَ فِئَتَيْنِ مِنَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ عَظِيمَتَيْنِ He is going to reconcile between two big groups of Muslims. Note, before we continue, Rasulullah clearly pointed out in this hadith that both these groups are going to be Muslims. And what is going to happen? Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala an at that time, time is still an infant on the member with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is prophesizing that he is going to reconcile between two groups of Muslims. Now who was Hazrat Hassan radiallahu ta'ala an? Hazrat Hassan radiallahu ta'ala an was not other than the son of Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala an. He was married to Hazrat Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha, the beloved daughter of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
His name was Abu. His name was Hazrat Hassan bin Ali bin Abi Talib. His title, his kunyat was Abu Muhammad. He was born in the lovely household of Hazrat Ali and Hazrat Fatima radiyallahu ta'ala anhuma. When he was born, Hazrat Ali radiyallahu ta'ala anhu decided that he's going to name him Harb. Harb means fight, war, etc. When Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam heard about this, he did not confirm with the name that Hazrat Ali radiyallahu ta'ala anhu had kept for his son. So we learn a lesson from here that a person should choose and pick a nice name for his son, a nice name for his children. Why? Because on the day of Qiyamah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to call each person by his lineage. For example, if a person's name is Hamza, my name is Hamza, my father's name is Hassan. On the day of Qiyamah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to call me by Hamza bin Hassan. So a person's name should be a good name. If the father or the parents of the child are responsible for naming that child. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did not confirm with naming, his, with naming this child Hab because it means fight. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam changed his name from Hab to Hassan. And this was an indication from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that every part of his life is going to be beautiful. Hassan means beautiful, nice. So every part of his life, from the day he came into this world till the day he's going to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, every part of his life is going to be beautiful and it's going to be very nice and give very good fruits. So his name was Hassan. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam changed his name. Allah Hassan radiallahu ta'ala anhu had the good fortune of staying in the company of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam from infancy and from childhood. For seven years he stayed in the company of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And these were the years wherein he learned and brought into his life salient qualities, salient character and akhlaq into his life from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. On occasion Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had seen him eating a date of sadaqah, a date of zakat. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam reprimanded him and taught him that we, for the family of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we do not eat that what is from zakat. It is not permissible for us to eat. Why? The fuqaha have mentioned that this is because it is actually the dirt of the, the people who are giving out the, 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 the zakat from their wealth. It is actually the dirt that they are giving out. So because of this, so to say, how can we give the dirt to the noble family of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? He had characters such as forbearance, such as tolerance. He brought into his life humility and contentment. And he would say that that person who has contentment, he is happy with what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen for him. He is happy with what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given him. That this person is going to be the most successful and happiest person on the surface of this earth. This is why Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in one hadith he mentioned that you must be happy of whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed for you and you will become the, the most independent of people walking on the surface of this on, on the surface of this of this earth. From the knowledge and from the hadith that Hazrat Hassan radiallahu ta'ala anhu from his infancy, Hazrat Hassan radiallahu ta'ala anhu only got the first seven years of his life to stay with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. At around about the age of seven, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had left this world and departed from this world. But Hazrat Hassan radiallahu ta'ala anhu transmits two very, very, very important ahadith that we are using today and we act upon. 
The first is that the qunut that we recite, either in Salat al-Fajr or either in our winter, that qunut is transmitted from Hazrat Hassan radiallahu ta'ala The second is very important and timeless advice wherein Hazrat Hassan radiallahu ta'ala narrates from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that da'ma yuribuk ila ma'la yuribuk leave that what is doubtful for that what is not doubtful. Now this hadith contains a lot of knowledge and a lot of information behind it which we are not going to touch. And the second part of this hadith where Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions that al-haqqu, al-haqqu, that the truth is going to bring tranquility in your heart and falsehood is going to create doubts in your heart. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had given him very good akhlaq and taught him very good conduct and taught him to be a, a person with humility, a person who is down to earth. On occasion he was walking and a group of poor people had invited him to join, uh, to, to join them for the meal that they were having. Now it is apparent that poor people, what are they going to have? They are paupers, they don't even have any good food. But the caliber and the level of humility that Hazrat Hassan had, he went and joined these poor people, had the meal with them, and thereafter took each one of them who were seated with him to his own house and gave them and fed them a good meal. So this was the humility and character of Hazrat Hassan there were three bad qualities that he always talk, talked about and he always hated and told people that they should stay away from these three qualities. What are these three bad qualities that he mentioned? He says the first one is greed. A person should stay away from greed. When a person has the greed of wealth, has the greed of money, or has the greed of the things of this world, then a person is going to become an enemy of himself. Because he's going to fight with himself day and night just to acquire this world. The second one that he mentioned was arrogance. A person who stays away from pride and arrogance will be saved from many difficulties and problems. Iblis was changed away from Jannah and was taken far away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So much so that he became a disbeliever. So much so that he didn't act upon the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This was all because of his pride and arrogance. And the third quality Hazrat Hassan radiallahu ta'ala who mentions is that a person should stay away from envy and jealousy. We all recall the story of the children of Adam alayhi salatu wassalam when it is the Eid al-Adha, the Eid al-Adha, we always listen to the story when one of the sons of Hazrat Adam alayhi salam slaughtered and killed the other son which was all because of pride, which was all because of envy and jealousy Qabil killed his brother Habil so even a brother won't be spared because of the jealousy or envy a person will harbor for another in his heart many ahadith point out the virtues and the merits of Hazrat Hassan radiallahu ta'ala in one hadith it is mentioned that once Hazrat Hassan radiallahu ta'ala anhu was seated and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had announced and made dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Ya Allah, I love Hazrat Hassan radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Allahumma inni uhibbuhu. That Ya Allah, I love him. So what he asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after that was فَأَحِبَّهُ I ask you, Almighty Allah, that you must also love Hazrat Hassan radiallahu ta'ala anhu. After Hazrat Abu Hurairah radiallahu ta'ala anhu heard this hadith from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, 
specifically this portion where Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam thereafter mentioned wa ahibba may wa ahbib may yuhibbahu and oh Allah you must love that person who loves Hazrat Hasan radiyallahu ta'ala an so Hazrat Abu Hurairah radiyallahu ta'ala anhu after he heard this from Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said fama kana ahadun ahabba ilayya min al-Hasan ibn Ali radiyallahu ta'ala anhu ba'dama qala Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam ma qala that there was no one more beloved to me on the surface of this earth than Hazrat Hazrat Hasan bin Ali radiyallahu ta'ala an after what Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam had said we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we also be among those who truly love Hazrat Hasan radiyallahu ta'ala an and the general sahaba radiyallahu ta'ala anhum in another narration Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam mentioned that Hazrat Hasan and Hazrat Hussein radiyallahu ta'ala anhum they are they are the leaders of the youth of Jannah. Sayyidah Shababina in Jannah. We listen to it almost every Friday in the khutbah. If we are listening to it carefully, we will listen to the khatib who is giving the khutbah. He will recite this hadith in front of us. That Hazrat Hassan and Hazrat Hussein are going to be the leaders of all the youth in Jannah. This hadith is transmitted from approximately 17 sahaba radiallahu anhum. Such as Hazrat Hudayfa radiallahu anh, Hazrat Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu ta'ala anh, Hazrat Abu Sayyid Khudri radiallahu ta'ala anh, and various other sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anh, ajma'in. In another hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions that the person who loves Hazrat Hassan and Hussein radiallahu ta'ala anhuma love me and those who show hatred for Hazrat Hassan and Hazrat Hussein radiallahu ta'ala anhuma in reality they hate me, that's why they are hating these two, my grandchildren Hazrat Hassan and Hazrat Hussein radiallahu ta'ala anhuma. Now when we look into this ahadith, they were transmitted from various sahaba radiallahu anhum, which clearly proves that all the sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum had love with the Ahlul Bayt, the family of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. A person who, who harbors hatred or who harbors envy and jealousy for, the, for another person is never going to mention the merit or virtue of another person. Here we find that so many Sahaba are mentioning the virtues of Hazrat Hassan and Hazrat Hussain who are the family members of Rasulullah. The Shias nowadays are telling us and trying to drill into our heads and into our minds that the Sahaba didn't have love for the Ahl Bayt, didn't have love for the family of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We should understand that all the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum had love for the Ahl Bayt. When we look into the Khilafah, into, into the leadership of Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhum after the demise of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhum would honor Hazrat Hassan radiallahu anhum. He would show his dignity and he would respect Hazrat Hassan radiallahu ta'ala an. A few days after the demise of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Hazrat Hassan radiallahu anhu was playing with a few children outside the masjid. Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala an, after leaving the congregation of Salat al-Asr, he comes out to see Hazrat Hassan radiallahu anhu playing with the young children. He calls him by him, he picks him in his hand and he says, Wallahi, hadha ashbahu li Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He does resemble Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam amongst the, the, the qualities and the physical feature of Hazrat Hassan radiallahu ta'ala was that there was no one ma kana ahadun ashbah lil nabiy sallallahu alayhi wa sallam min al-Hasan ibn Ali nobody would resemble Hazrat Hassan radiallahu ta'ala more than Hazrat Hassan radiallahu ta'ala Nobody would resemble 
نبي صلى الله عليه وسلم موذن الحسن رضي الله تعالى عنه وان سيد ابو بكر رضي الله تعالى عنه اتى ذا ستيتمنت ذا علي رضي الله تعالى عنه واز نيرباي ان هي سمايل بيكوز اوف وات حضرت ابو بكر رضي الله تعالى عنه سيد حضرت فاطمه رضي الله تعالى عنها ذا وايف اوف حضرت علي رضي الله عنه ذا فاذر اوف حضرت الحسن رضي الله عنه وود سي ذات ذيس سان اوف ماين ريزمبلز رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ريزمبلز النبي ان هي دزنت ريزمبل علي ريزمبلز النبي ان هي دزنت ريزمبل علي سو شي وود سي حضرت علي رضي الله تعالى عنه وود سو ليسن تو ها ان Amongst other physical features was that he was moderate in height. He had a thick beard, and he had broad shoulders. He had curly hair. He had he had dark black, white eyes, and he had a gloomy and thin face. So these were the qualities and the physical features of Hazrat Hasan radiallahu taala an. So we find that Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu taala an would love and honor Hazrat Hasan radiallahu taala an when it came to the time of Hazrat Umar radiallahu taala an. When it was his Khilafah, Hazrat Hasan radiallahu ta'ala was about 9 or 10 years of age. Because Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam passed away, Hazrat Hasan was 7. Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala alayhi Khilafah was about 2 years. So he was 9 or 10 at the time Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala became the Khalifa. It was still that age when he could not participate in academic matters. He could not participate in a war or go out for jihad in the heart of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala we find that he also honored Hazrat Hasan radiallahu ta'ala so much so that when the booty should come into Madinatul Munawwara when it was time to stipulate a certain salary for every sahabi he would give Hazrat Hasan radiallahu ta'ala 1000 dinar 1000 dirhams he would give Hazrat Hasan radiallahu ta'ala 1000 dirhams this was double the amount that he would give his own beloved son Hazrat Umar radiyallahu ta'ala anhu had many children amongst the many children his favorite son who we all may have heard about Hazrat Abdullah bin Umar radiyallahu ta'ala anhu he would give Hazrat Hasan double of what he gave what he gave Hazrat Abdullah bin Umar he would give Hazrat Abdullah bin Umar 500 and he would give Hazrat Hasan radiyallahu ta'ala anhu 1000 dirhams when it came to a time when the clothes and dressing a different kind of material was sent from Yemen to Madinatul Munawwara Hazrat Umar radiyallahu ta'ala anhu takes his clothes and takes his dressing he distributes it among the children of the sahaba radiyallahu anhum and he found that no piece of clothing has been the size of hazrat hasan radiyallahu anhu and nothing has come in his size and nothing has come in his in his portion so he had one pair of clothes tailor made for hazrat hasan radiyallahu ta'ala anhu from yemen so that hazrat hasan can wear it when it was brought from yemen hazrat hasan radiyallahu ta'ala anhu wore it After he wore it, this is when Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala said that now I am happy and find peace in my heart. So this was the love that Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala had for Hazrat Hasan radiallahu anh. And it was not only that the Sahaba loved the Ahl Bayt and the family of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, rather the family of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in turn also loved the other Sahaba radiallahu anhum. Hazrat Hasan radiallahu anhu, amongst his children, he named one Abu Bakr and he named one Umar after these two great khulafs. and vice-servants of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It is natural that when a person has love and affection and connection with somebody and he loves that person's name, he will love every portion and everything that person has in his life that he will also name his child after that person he loves. 
So it is apparent from this that Hazrat Abu Bakr, Hazrat Umar, Hazrat Hassan, and the family of Rasulullah all had love and affection within one another, and they did not have disputes, and they did not have arguments and fights, so much so that the Shia called Hazrat Abu Bakr and Hazrat Umar disbelievers, whereas we find how much love there was between Hazrat Hassan and the Sahaba. When it came to the Khilafah of Hazrat Uthman at this time, Hazrat Hassan was in the pinnacle of his youth. It was now his time that he could participate in jihad and wage war against the kuffar and non-believers. He was sent in the year 27 after Hijri to a place in Africa, in Tripoli, in Northwest Africa, to wage war against the people over there. He went with a group of Sahaba and he came back victorious to Madinah al Munawwara. And Hazrat Hassan at the time when Hazrat Uthman was, was attacked and was going to be attacked by the rebels from Kufa, the, the rebels who wanted to kill Hazrat Uthman, he gave himself and he said, O Khalifa, O Hazrat Uthman, I am here at your service. I am going to guard your door. I am ready to give my life for you, Hazrat Uthman. So we also see here how much love and affection they had. How much of ta'alluq and connection the two of them had that he was ready to give his life for the sake of the Khalifa Hazrat Uthman Hazrat Uthman however told Hazrat Hassan that there is no need for you to stand guard on the door because you, I have fear that the rebels will come and attack you first after that they will attack me and cause harm to you you are the grandchild of Rasulullah therefore I, I, I would not allow you and I do not permit you that you must stand guard on my behalf but it was the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he still stood guard for a while and he was put into a bit of tie and Hazrat Hassan the, the rebels came and they also uh, they, they caused him some, some harm and they caused him some, inconven uh, some inconvenience. But this was all for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to save the vicegerent and the khalifa of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on the surface of this earth. Thereafter came the khilafa of his beloved father, Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala Now it was because Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala was martyred and the sahaba radiallahu ta'ala had difference between them that whether we should take revenge against the rebels that have killed Hazrat Uthman or we should not take revenge. So one group of Sahaba said we must take revenge, the other group of Sahaba said we must not take revenge. Hazrat Hassan who was an ambassador of peace and unity, he advised his father that, O oh Ali, O oh my father, do not take revenge on behalf of Hazrat Uthman at the moment. If you are going to do so, there will be more disunity in the Ummah. There will be more fights and arguments in the Ummah. Rather, we can reconcile, we can make Sulah and let the Ummah join together and become one. Hazrat Ali ever thought that he should bring the people of Kufa to Madinatul Munawwara, those who had killed Hazrat so that they can reconcile over there. So he sent Hazrat Hassan to Kufa and what Hazrat Ali thought that it's going to be a good outcome. Eventually, it was out of hand. And what happened was, Hazrat Ali had to acknowledge his mistake and he said that only if I knew that these matters would spin out of control, then I would have done something about it. But now that the matters have spun out of control, we cannot do anything about it. Nonetheless, Hazrat Ali passes away 
and he was made uh, made shaheed. He was he was martyred by a person by the name of Ibn al Muljim. He took a sword or a spear and he put some some he, he put some poison onto that spear and he he stabbed Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala an through which he passed away. Before his demise, he gave a few advices to the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, amongst which were that a person should always speak the truth, a person should always stay connected to the Quran, a person should bring the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his life, a person should stay away from that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prevented us from staying away. And he would always advise the Sahaba radiallahu anhum that if any matter occurs between two of you, then you must reconcile and bring peace into your life and not that you must bring arguments in your life. So after the death of Hazrat Ali radiallahu anhu, when he was on his deathbed, the Sahaba radiallahu anhu who were around him, they asked him that who should we make and appoint our next, our next Khalifa and our next Amir, our next leader. So Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu, at that very moment, he answers and says that I am not going to leave anybody as my leader, uh, as my vice-servant. I am not going to appoint anybody to take my place. I am going to do what Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam had done. When Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam passed away, he did not choose anybody to become the Khalifa. He left it upon the discretion of the Muslims, the discretion of the Sahaba عنهم, to choose a person who fits as a vicegerent for Rasulullah Of course, he did indicate that Hazrat Abu Bakr عنه, should become my vicegerent, should become the leader for the, for the Sahaba عنهم, and for the Muslims in general. So he said, I will choose what Rasulullah had chosen and I will leave it up to the Muslims that they should choose the Khalifa and they should choose the Amir. The people of Medina, the people of Yemen, Hijaz, Iraq, etc. all pledged allegiance to Hazrat Hassan radiallahu ta'ala an. So in these areas, Hazrat Hassan radiallahu ta'ala an was accepted as the Khalifa and as the leader of the Muslims. On the other hand, Hazrat Muawiyah radiallahu ta'ala an had also given a hand of bayah and allegiance to the Muslims that were staying around him. That was uh, the, the area of Sham, the area of Damascus, etc. So this was the place where Hazrat Muawiyah radiallahu ta'ala an, uh, uh, Muawiyah radiallahu ta'ala an had established, uh, has established his, his Khilafah and chosen himself to be the Khalifa. So because of this now, this unity had arose between two parties. One party has made Hazrat Hassan radiallahu anhu the Khalifa and the other party has made Hazrat Muawiyah radiallahu ta'ala anhu the Khalifa. Now we all know that if we are going to have two leaders in one country, or if we are going to have two gods in one place, two people running one same thing, then there is always going to be disunity, there is always going to be a kind of, conf a kind of conflict, etc. So Hazrat Hassan radiallahu ta'ala he decided that I am going to reconcile between my group of people and between the group of Hazrat Muawiyah radiallahu Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in one hadith had mentioned that for 30 years after my death, for 30 years after my death, the Khilafah and the leadership that is going to continue is going to be the same, on the same way as my Nubuwat. But after 30 years elapsed, then it is only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is going to give 
leadership to whoever he wishes. After that, whoever Allah wishes is going to give the leadership and is going to give the title of Amir al-Mu'mineen. So Hazrat Hassan the first thing he does is that he makes an intention in his heart and makes this intention apparent to Hazrat to, to a Sahabi by the name of Hazrat Abdullah or Hazrat Amal radiallahu ta'ala and he tells him that I have I, I have had this intention and I have chosen that I'm going to reconcile between my group and the group of Hazrat Muawiyah and I feel that I'm going to give the reins of Khilafah, the reins of myself being the vice president of the Prophet to Hazrat Muawiyah So on this, it was Sayyidina Ja'far, Sayyidina Ja'far So on this, Sayyidina Ja'far tells Hazrat Hassan that I am with you in your intention and what you are doing is correct because it is going to bring unity in the Ummah of Rasulullah So a few people heard about the intention of Hazrat Hassan So on hearing the intention of Hazrat Hassan they were furious and they got angry that why is he deciding to give the reins of Khilafah to another person? Why is he wanting to give the reins of Khilafah to Hazrat Muawiyah so they decided to assassinate him and they had made a plan to attack him and kill him. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decided to save Hazrat Hassan at that moment. A time came when these two groups had met. Hazrat Hassan had sent an army of 12,000 men towards Iraq. And he made the Amir of these 12,000 men a, name, a person by the name of Thais bin Sa'ad. So this face, radiallahu ta'ala was made the Amir of these 12,000 men. Hazrat Muawiyah gets the news that Hazrat Hassan radiallahu army is coming. So they thought that we have to fight with the army of Hazrat Hassan radiallahu But when they met and when they were close to each other, then one of the Sahaba radiallahu had commented to Hazrat Muawiyah that if these two big groups have to fight today, then there is going to be a very furious fight. But Hazrat Muawiyah on hearing the comment of the Sahabi says, Do you want our wives to be left alone at home? Do you want our children to become orphans and there is nobody to take care of them? Rather we shall reconcile with Hazrat Hassan so that nobody is harmed, no blood is shed, and none of our children are going to be orphaned. So, there was an intention from Hazrat Muawiyah as well. So both these great Sahaba, Hazrat Hassan and Hazrat Muawiyah they had reconciled with a few conditions in between them and then they had met on a place, on a place called Nukhayla where they had met and they had talked about their peace, their, their peace treaty etc. Hazrat Hassan and Hazrat Muawiyah were so close to each other after that or rather even before that they were close to each other with whatever differences they had held but they loved each other for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because both of them were Muslims and both of them were the Sahaba of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So after the reconciliation, Hazrat Muawiyah radiallahu anhu had given a lot of gifts to Hazrat Hassan radiallahu ta'ala Mention is made of thousands of dirhams that Hazrat Muawiyah radiallahu ta'ala anhu had given Hazrat Hassan radiallahu anhu. So the hadith that we mentioned in the beginning when Rasulullah was seated on the member and he proclaimed to the Sahaba and prophesied to them 
that the son of mine is a leader. And what kind of leader is he? He is going to reconcile between two big groups of Muslims. So these were the two big groups of Muslims that Rasulullah had mentioned in this particular narration and had prophesied to the Sahaba that he is going to, he is going to be, make reconciliation between these two groups. So he was a means for the peace and unity to come about during the time when the Muslim Ummah was in turmoil. One famous writer about history writes that the reconciliation of Hazrat Hassan between these two groups of Muslims is as important and is of that level of importance that Hazrat Uthman had taken to compile the Quran and send it to different places of the world. So this is how important the matter of reconciliation was, was, was at that time that Hazrat Hassan had made the reconciliation between these two big groups. Hazrat Muawiyah after that became the Khalifa, Hazrat Hassan placed allegiance on his hands. Hazrat Hassan also told the people that were following him that you people had betrayed me, you had killed my horse, you had attacked me, you had also stolen my goods from my tent, and you had deceived me. Therefore, you had pleased allegiance with me, and you had told me that you are going to make peace with those that I make peace with, and you are going to be enemy with those that I make my enemy. Therefore, I command you today to please allegiance on the hands of Hazrat Muawiyah And that was the time that the entire Ummah from the Sahaba and all the other Muslims had reconciled and become one Ummah. After this, Hazrat Hassan left for Madinatul Munawwara and he spent his, the rest of his life over there, about nine years of his life he spent over there and he had many qualities in his life for after which he had renounced his leadership for, for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In reality, he had renounced a small leadership of this world for the leadership of all the youth in Jannah. So a person, we understand from this, that when a person is a leader, he has a post or something, or a general person, a person is going to be tested by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's going to have two options in his life. Either he's going to make the society happy, or either he's going to make Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala happy. As Hassan chose to make Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala happy by reconciling between the two big groups and left his leadership for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Society wanted that Hazrat Hassan remain the Khalifa, so much so that we heard that he was attacked because he had only intended to give away the Khilafat of Muawiyah and rightfully so, we will also be tested in a similar way that we have two options in front of us. Either we make our society and our communities happy, we make our families happy, but this happiness is indeed the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And on the other hand, we have the option of pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we ought to take the option of pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and leave society and community if they are going to make you disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hazrat Hassan on his return to, to, to Madinatul Munawwara, he was in Masjid al-Nabawi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He would perform his salah over there and he would spend most of his time in the worship and ibadah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is mentioned that he would spend his nights in tahajjud salah, in qiyamul layl, recite the Quran and stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He would sit on his place where he performed his Fajr Salah after the Fajr Salah, recite his Tasbihat, recite his Adkar, make dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And thereafter, he would have a small majlis, a small gathering with different Sahaba and different Tabi'een, the followers of the Sahaba, those who saw the Sahaba, other Muslims, they would sit with him, they would discuss academic matters with him, and they would ask him questions of deen, etc. And he would sit into the masjid until the sun had come out fully and it would become hot. He would perform his salat al-tuha. After that, uh, he would go and visit the Ummahat al-Mu'mineen. And the modesty that Hazrat Asan had, what was taught to him by Rasulullah it was permissible for him to look at the beloved wives of Rasulullah the Ummahat al-Mu'mineen. But because of the haya and modesty he had, he would always make sure that he only talked to the Ummahat al-Mu'mineen behind the parada and behind the veil. So we learned a lesson that we should try to implement the concept of the veil and the concept of the parada in our families and in our homes. It is very important in today's time that we do so. Otherwise, we find in so many stories, we find so many issues of young children who are getting involved in haram because of all these things that happen. Nonetheless, it is not time to talk, but it is a lesson that is deduced and learned from the life of Hazrat Hassan. His generosity was so much that the historians have written three times in his life he had given away half of his wealth for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Three times in his life. Today, when a person comes to us for some help, we turn him away. We can't even give him five or ten rands. But Hazrat Hassan radiallahu anh, on occasion was performing tawaf. A person comes to him, he says, Oh Abu Muhammad, Oh Abu Muhammad, that was his title. Oh Abu Muhammad, I am in need of some help. Can you show me someone who I can take assistance from? Hazrat Hassan radiallahu ta'ala anhu left his tawaf to support and help this person who came to ask for assistance from him. And on being asked that why have you left your tawaf to assist a person and to help this person, you could do it after your tawaf. He said, I heard Rasulullah saying that that person who goes out to aid and assist another person and completes the task of assisting that person, he is going to get the reward of Hajj and Umrah. And if he goes out to assist that person but was not successful, then he will get the reward of Umrah. So this was the generosity of Hazrat Hassan radiallahu ta'ala an. When we look at the last moments of his life, and it was time for him to depart this world, it was the time for him to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and that is a reality. Hazrat Hassan radiallahu ta'ala anhu sees a dream, and Surah Ikhlas, قُلْ وَاللَّهُ أَحَدٌ اللَّهُ الصَّمَدٌ لَمْ يَلِلْ وَلَمْ يُولَدْ وَلَمْ يَكُلْ لَهُ كُفُوًا أَحَدٌ he sees in his dream that it is written on his forehead. On narrating the dream to Sa'id ibn Nusayya, who was one of the great tabi'een, he says, if this is true, and this is what Hazrat Hassan had seen in his dream, then he has a few days left and he's going to leave this world. Now many people have mentioned, this is especially the Shia, they mentioned, that Hazrat Hassan radiallahu ta'ala anhu was killed and assassinated by Hazrat Muawiyah and his son Yazid radiallahu anhu. But this is false. This is a fabricated narration. Yes, Hazrat Hassan radiallahu anhu was on many occasions given poison, was poisoned, and because of that, 
a doctor of the time, when he visited Hazrat Hassan and tested on him, he said that your intestines have melted and they're not going to work anymore. So this was also a sign that now Hazrat Hassan is going to leave this world. But we should understand that Hazrat Hassan was far away from Hazrat Muawiyah. Hazrat Muawiyah cannot be a person who is going to poison the grandson of Rasulullah. Every year, Hazrat Muawiyah would send 100,000 dirhams for Hazrat Hassan. The years that they had reconciled between each other and they had brought both the groups together, Hazrat Muawiyah gave him 400,000 dirhams. One of the years when Hazrat Hassan was in Maliyah al-Munawwara, due to some work that Hazrat Muawiyah was busy in, he forgot to send the 100,000 dirhams to Hazrat Hassan. Hazrat Hassan decided that I am going to send a message to Hazrat Muawiyah that my salary, my income for this year hasn't yet come from you. What is the problem? So while he's thinking of doing that, he dozes off and he sees Rasulullah in his dream. Rasulullah reprimanded him and told him that why are you asking that person or that being who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created you for your rosy and for your sustenance? You must turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the next day the news came that Hazrat Muawiyah this time he has sent 200,000 dirhams for Hazrat Hassan radiallahu ta'ala because he had forgotten to send it. So because he was late in sending it, he also thought that he would give him some extra salary and some, 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 some of his wage to be increased for that year. So this was Hazrat Hassan radiallahu ta'ala and he was poisoned and he passes away at the age of about uh, at the age of about 47 he passes away and leaves this world so we ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he grants us the qualities that Hazrat hasan radiallahu ta'ala had the forbearance the humility the generosity and the modesty that Hazrat hasan radiallahu ta'ala had we ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he grants us the love for Hazrat hasan radiallahu he grants us the understanding of the true aqidah and faith of the sunnah wal jama'ah and saves us from the misguidance of the Shia. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He grant us the ability to bring into our lives the generosity of Hazrat Hassan radiallahu and the good characters that He held. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to thank the Al Farooq Institute who is organizing all the Sahaba radiallahu anhu jalsas, which is for our benefit, the benefit of our progenies to come, so that we can save our Iman and the Iman of our progenies, the Iman of our children. In one hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa mentioned that those who swear the Sahaba radiallahu anhu, those who took in of the Sahaba radiallahu anhu, the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is taken far away from them, so much so that we are not allowed to curse a person, but that person who swears the Sahaba radiallahu anhu, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, إِذَا رَأَيْتُمُ الَّذِينَ يَسُبُّونَ أَصْحَابِي فَقُولُوا لَعَنَةُ اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِمْ That if you see a person who is swearing and talking evil of my Sahaba and my companions radiallahu anhum, then you must say, لَعَنَةُ اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِمْ The curse of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should be on such people, and the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should go far away from these people. Jazakumullah khairan ahsan al-jazah to all those who have given me the opportunity to take to, to take part in this Sahaba Jalsa and to all the Muslims and the Imams of this Masjid who have given me the opportunity to render this talk in front of you. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept our sitting and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept what has been said and what has been heard.
الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاه والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين. اللهم ربنا اتنا في الدنيا حسنه وفي الاخره حسنه وقنا عذاب النار. اللهم ربنا اغفر لنا ولاخواننا الذين سبقونا بالايمان ولا تجعل في قلوبنا غلا للذين امنوا ربنا انك غفور رحيم. اللهم رب ارحمهما كما ربياني صغيرا، اللهم حاسبنا حسابا يسيرا، اللهم اغفر لنا وللمؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات الاحياء منهم والاموات، انك سميع قريب مجيب الدعوات، اللهم انصر الاسلام والمسلمين، اللهم انصر الاسلام والمسلمين، اللهم اعز الاسلام والمسلمين، اللهم اعز الاسلام والمسلمين. وأذل الشرك والمشركين، اللهم خذهم أخذ عزيز مقتدر، اللهم خذهم كما أخذت فرعون، اللهم خذهم كما أخذت عاد، اللهم خذهم كما أخذت من كفر. يا الله اكسبت وسجن يا الله. يا الله اكسبت وسجن في البلاد يا الله. كانت السنسيارتي يعني خلاص الوضع أكشن يا الله. كانت السلام والصحابة رضي الله عنهم. Grant us the love of the family of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Save us from the misguidance of the Shia. Save us from the misguidance of those who disbelieve in the Sahaba. Those who talk ill of the Sahaba. Those who talk ill of the Sahaba. Ya Rahman Rahmeen. Make us those who love the Sahaba. Make us those who emulate the Sahaba and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In every moment and every action of our life, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make us the flag bearers of Islam. Make us spread Islam in the word of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The way the Sahaba radiallahu anhum spread your deen and spread the Quran. Make us the lovers of the Quran. Make our hearts attached to the Masajid. Make us five times musalli with the Bira Ula. Ya Rahman Rahimeen. Ya Rahman Rahimeen. The Ummah of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is in turmoil. The Ummah of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is in grief and disharmony. The Ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is parashan, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, take away all, all these problems and difficulties from the Ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya Allah, they are our brothers. Ya Allah, they are our brothers. Your Nabi said that if, I, if, if a part, of, if a part of, uh, of the body hurts, then the entire body hurts. So the Muslims are also one body. Ya Allah, we also have feelings. They also have feelings. Ya Allah, take away these problems from them. Take away the difficulties from them. Ya Allah, do not put us in such chest that we cannot bear. Ya Allah, bring us towards complete deen. Ya Ahmad Rahmeen. Ya Ahmad Rahmeen. Accept what we have asked for. Whatever has been left out. Ya Ahmad Rahmeen. And we need to beg you for it. Ya Allah, give it to us without even asking you. Ya Allah, your treasures are very big. Your treasures are very great. Your treasures have no bounds, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, all those people who are sick, grand and complete shifa. Ya Allah, all those who are in a problem of, of, of loans and debts. Ya Allah, open up the doors for them and make 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 plans for them that their debts and loans should be paid off and settled. Ya Allah, those who have left, they left this world. Ya Allah, have mercy on them. Fill their troubles with no, fill their troubles with your mercy and take away your azab and punishment from them. Ya Allah, all those who have asked us, who have requested us, all those who have told us, all those upon whom it is our right that we make dua for them. Ya Allah, grant them your maghfirah. Ya Allah, grant them your special mercy. Ya Allah, grant them barakah in their rosy. Grant them barakah in their lives and ibadah. Make them your close servants, Ya Allah. Rabbana taqabbal minna, innaka anta sami'u al-alim. Wa tubarayna, innaka anta tawwabu al-rahim. Wa sallallahu ta'ala, ala khayri khalqihi Sayyidina Muhammad, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Ameen. Bi rahmatika, Ya Muhammad. Alhamdulillah. Thank <laughs> you.